with me in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're beginning in verse 10 tonight. We have shared three chapters in the beginning of this book, the beginning of this study, and we shared doctrine. And as we have come into the last three chapters of this book, we have been looking at our duty as children of God, that the Lord Himself has given us through Paul to do. You know, once we're saved, something is finished. We're sealed and we're going to heaven, praise the Lord. But once we are saved, something has just started. And that is living by faith. That is growing in the Lord. That is you and I being sanctified. No one's exempt from that. God is going to be sanctifying us. Whether it be by our cooperation or in our stubbornness, He's going to get our attention and... God says, I, I'm, I change my children. So we've shared in this duty, walking united as children of God. Walking in newness of life. Putting off the old. Putting on the new. Imitating God. Mimicking Christ's love. Walking not as the world. Walking in wisdom, walking in the Spirit, in submission, in Holy Spirit-controlled marriages, as Holy Spirit-controlled parents, Holy Spirit-controlled children, as families, as employees even, as we have recently shared. And all for the glory of God, this is our duty, the end. Almost. Almost. But we're not quite finished with this book yet. There is another section to this letter at the end that is very important for you and I. Because there is difficulty and there is disruption for the Christian as the Christian looks to carry out the duties that God has given to us. One more portion of truth in this letter to teach us of the resistance that comes against you and I and what to do about it. And that resistance here we're talking about tonight is the devil. He is real. He is at work, and we need to know how to resist Him. We need to know how to deal with all of this opposition that comes upon you and I as we would look to carry out our duty to the Lord. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally... My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand 
against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. A man took his son for a walk one day, and he came upon this really huge rock, big as your kitchen trash bag that you take out when it's full. I mean, it was a gigantic rock, and he looks at it, and he sees an opportunity for a lesson for his son. And he says, son, I want you to pick up that rock. And he says, dad, do you see how big it is? He said, son, pick it up. And he bent down, and he gave a little effort into it, and and nothing, and he said, dad, there's just no way. I'm not going to move that rock. He said, try harder, son. And he bent down and he, and he, and he got a better grip on it and he, he got an angle of that rock and he, he, he jerked up, but the rock didn't jerk up. Nothing happened. And he said, Dad, I, I just can't move the rock. And he said, he said, son, put all of your strength into picking that rock up. So, man, his face turned red. He was trying to please Dad. But that rock did not, didn't do anything. Just sat there. And he said, Dad, I used all of my strength and I can't pick this rock up. He said, no, no, you're, you're incorrect, son. Because your father's here. And, and you have the strength of your father. I'm right here. And you didn't even ask my help and my strength, which is your strength, to help you pick that up. If we try to fight Satan and his demons in our own strength, we lose. There is a battle going on every day, and it is so easy for us to lose. If we fight in this battle that we're in, In our Father's strength, there is victory. Let me qualify this with with a statement that that I want us to take on uh, from a certain viewpoint before we ever get into this. And that is, you and I are not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. And we need to make sure... We think that way, we understand that, and we see where we're able to stand at a point from victory. And you know why? Because the the war has already been won. God has already won over Satan. There's victory that is already in existence. The victory is already here and now for us. We fight from victory. However, God is very interested in you and I winning the battles through this life. The war has already been won and God does not want His children to be losing the battles. 
He wants us to experience His victory. And this battle that we're going to talk about tonight, and it's something a lot of us know, maybe all of us know, but as I was thinking about it, this is something that we so need over and over again in our lives. The battle that you and I are in, it's in the spiritual realm. It's not physical. It's not a personal battle. The real battle that we're in, it cannot be seen. It's a spiritual, unseen battle that's going on all the time. Our battle is not against people. Quite to the contrary of what we see going on, that's not where the battle is. It's not against people. Doesn't that make a lot of things a mess when we think about it? You know, every Christian is in a battle and many of us are battling against those who are on our team. We're not seeing the right opponent. The Lord is going to show us our opponent tonight and how to battle our opponent so we won't be engaging against the own team and using our own weapons. You know, we, we, this battle, this unseen battle we're in, we also really don't detect this but it's constantly going on. We are continually in the middle of spiritual warfare in our lives. While we're here upon this earth, we are always on a battlefield. Whether we realize it or not, we have an enemy. And our enemy is dangerous, and he's too much for you and I to handle. We can't handle our enemy. I mean, our enemy is so deceiving that even children of God can think that people are the problem and that people are their enemy, that people are who they are up against. Our enemy is so deceiving that he can get Christians going against Christians. Paul had to write and talk about that to the letter at Corinth of brother taking brother to court. He's deceiving. Satan is the prince of the power of the air and he is the god of this world right now. And he always goes against the work of the true and living God and against the Lord's soldiers who are in that work. It's, it's not easy. Everything is, is not easy. There, there is a resistance that's always coming against us. We have these duties to fulfill that we've been talking about for three chapters given by the Lord and we have an enemy who's always trying to depress us. He's always trying to discourage us. And he wants you and I defeated. God's purpose 
for our lives after we're saved and we're left here on earth is to glorify Him. Satan's aim is to stop the children of God from glorifying Him. Always, throughout our lives, we need repetition in the Word of God. We need it all the time. No matter where we find ourselves in life, we, we need church. We need the Word. If we're off in the military, we need church. Where, wherever we find ourselves in this season of life, there is, there is a dangerous thought that this is an okay time just to take a break and, and have a gap in my church life and in the Word of God. We need it repetitiously. We need it all the time. And we need all of the Word of God. And most definitely, what we have here, we need continuously so that we can be sharp and mindful of who we fight against and who we're not fighting against and the weapons that we use. We're not going to get into it tonight, but in future messages we're going to talk about the armor of God. The children of the Lord need the armor of God upon their lives for the battle that we're in. You know, I I believe I have phrased it in such a way in the past, and I have said, we need to put the armor of God on every day. Maybe you've heard someone say, we need to put the armor of God on every day. And maybe this doesn't seem very important to you, but I'm going, going to go ahead and correct what probably would be correcting myself in saying that... If we're putting the armor of God on every day, there's a problem. Because that means we're taking it off every day if we're putting it on every day. Let's just have some clarity about the armor of God that we need to put the armor of God on one time. One time. And we keep it on. And we never take it off. I think maybe what we mean by put the armor of God on every day is... We need to use it. We put the armor of God on once. And we need to make sure we're using the armor of God every day. Because we're in a battle. We're in a constant battle. We're in a battle when we don't realize it. We're in a battle and it's unseen. We're in a battle and we think the enemy's someone else. When it's really not. We need the armor of God on as we fight from victory every day. So let's go ahead and, and look at this fight that we're in. And let's look on, look on it in such a way that we'll be on the winning side of it. Let's look at the power supply. I invite your attention to two words in verse 10. It says, be strong. Be strong. This is not a strength that we find in our natural humanity. This is not a strength that we find in our own flesh. This is not a command that that just in we ourselves, we're to be strong. You know, but from ourselves is where we usually go 
to try to draw the strength for the battle that we're in. The weapons of physical strength, our intelligence, our emotions, our will, those are weapons that will surely lose the battle. And we'll lose it every time there. My dad said, don't take a pocket knife to a gunfight. That's probably, people probably don't like you talking like that today, I guess. Just a phrase, just a joke my dad used. It makes a good point. I've never done it. I've never been to any kind of knife or gunfight. But I assure you, I've never done it. That's what it's like, though, that we would rely upon ourselves, that we would look within ourselves, that we would hit that natural fleshly gear in ourselves to fight this battle that we're in. And it's a law. Count it as a loss before it happens if we go in our natural ability. We are weak mentally. And in the emotion department, we have no strength. We absolutely have no proper direction. You know, look at how we are in our flesh. When it comes to temptation to sin, we are not strong. We are too frail to go out in our own will. The verse says, be strong, but it's not speaking about you and I. It's not talking about you and I going out in our own ability. It says to be strong in the Lord. We must determine and declare our own weakness, just as Paul did. Paul says, when I am weak, then am I strong. And that's that's something we all have to talk to ourselves about all the time because the pride always wants to rise up. It's a natural gear. It's a natural instinct to act in our own ability. This word needs to be so repetitious in our lives to remind us of our weakness and the Lord's strength. When he says be strong, he's not talking about a strength we find in our natural humanity. We find strength that takes for the battle... Let me first say, in someone else. Man, what does that mean just all of a sudden? It means dependence. It means we have to depend outside of ourselves. There is a source outside of ourselves. There is a go-to. And it's not ourselves. We have to go outside of ourselves to be able to be strong. There is an empowering and there is a strengthening for you and I. And it comes from someone else. We don't have what we need for the fight. So we must rely on someone else. The weapons and strength to use them. We must rely on someone else for them and everything we need. We need need the weapons and we need to be able to use those weapons to be able to win in our daily spiritual battles. 
And all of this comes from Jesus. That we would rely on Jesus. That we would truly be looking to Him, looking away from ourselves, seeing what we are, that we don't have what we need, that we're going to lose, that we're going to get swallowed up, and we must look to Jesus. Maybe someone else can say this a lot sweeter. I'd, I'd just like to, to be clear. I'd like to be sweet, but I'd just like to be clear and to the point about ourselves. I need it. Because we always will try to go to ourselves and lean upon ourselves for what we need. And it's just a constant loss if we do that. We always have access, though, to battle-winning power. In a relationship with Jesus Christ... We always have somewhere to go that's not far away at all to depend on for success, to depend on to win our battles. Should be easy to believe. I mean, He paid for all of our sins. He paid for the sins of the entire world in His power. And everyone could be saved. Not everyone has been saved. Not everyone will be saved, most likely. But everyone could be saved by what He did. He saved us from our sins. We are no longer charged for them because of what Jesus has done. We have trusted Him for that. We have trusted our life into His hands that we will not go to hell, but our home is in heaven, and Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We've trusted Him for that. We are sure of that within. And it's a daily trust for the power supply that we need to walk in this victory. This victory that we already have that we would not be losing our battles when our victory is won. We must trust. We must walk in trust with the Lord. The end of verse 10 says, in the power of His might. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This speaks of the Lord's dominion. The Lord is in power over all. We talked about that a lot during vacation Bible school. How there is none greater. There is none stronger. There is no one more in charge than the Lord. And He's able to bring us to completion in His strength. In the power of His might. He is a completer for His people. We're not, we're not going to be capital C complete till we get to heaven. But where the Lord wants us in this life... He will complete that in and through us when we trust Him. The power of His might is what we need for victory. We must trust in the power of His might, and it's step by step, it's moment by moment, it is day by day, it is continual that we are in this battle, and we must be trusting Him. We must be looking to Him. He who, who forgave all of our sins, who we can trust His power in the battle as we go up against Satan. Only by Him. 
we'd be, we'd be very wise to remember that the Lord has defeated Satan. That that war has already been won against him. And what the Lord has done, he gives to us. You and I are joint heirs with Christ. His truth, He gives to us. His power, He gives to us. His life, His victory, all becomes ours that we need in Jesus Christ. He supplies what we need. We can trust Him for victory in the battle. We need to read verse 10. Well, you just read it as much as you can. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We need this repetitiously because of our tendency to trust in ourselves. Because of our tendency to feed our pride. To, to revert to the natural realm and to, to go with what is very familiar to us that we were born with. But it's loss. It's all loss when we trust in ourselves. We need this verse hammered at us within constantly so that we'll, we'll be able to see how foolish it is to trust in ourselves. That we might cut off this natural tendency at the root. We must deny ourselves, see we're defeated on our own, that we can't handle the demonic unseen opposition that is targeting you and I. We need the power supply. And we need it all the time. We need the power supply from heaven but not only do we see a power supply here tonight, let's look at the plans of Satan. And I ask you to drop down to the bottom of verse 11 there. It speaks of the wiles of the devil. He has an agenda. He has some ways about him. And they're very confusing they're very hard to put your finger on. God says go right. Devil says go left. The devil hates God. He would still like to dethrone God now. He's still trying to in his own ignorance. He would love to take God's seat. He has always wanted to be Lord of all Satan has. He loves evil. Sin began with him as Lucifer. His pride made him desire to be God, to be as God. That's what his goal, but instead he was cast out of heaven. And now he's here upon this earth, and he's trying to destroy God's people all the time. And he's trying to keep God's glory from being revealed. He's hard at work. 2 Corinthians 4.3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid 
to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan's trying to get the saved to live lost so that the lost won't be saved. So that the lost can never live. I'm not trying to glorify him, but I'm, of course, but I'm trying to make us aware of how smart he is, how deceiving he is, how powerful he is, how experienced he is. And any child of God walking in their own ability is going down. We must have the armor of God. It's a desperate thing for you and I. It's a must and it's consistently. It's all the time. Satan is still operating around us as he did Adam and Eve. And you consider the deception that happened there. And he knows what he's doing. He gets excited when the Christian is trying to live the spiritual life in a natural ability. It raises his eyebrow, if you will. He walketh around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan has plans, so we need to put on strength. Look with me now at the beginning of verse 11, if you would. That we would put on the whole armor of God. One time. Never take it off. God has given us weapons for the scheming tricks of the one who is so much smarter than you and I. It's so easy to rise up in a high level of human intelligence. And we talk about the how that falls so short of God. And He's the one who's all-knowing. That we wouldn't put confidence in ourselves, no matter how smart we think we are. And, and we compare that to God so many times, but let's go ahead and compare it to Satan. Because he's smarter than all of us. For God forbid that we put confidence in our own intelligence, in our own ability, when He'll defeat us every time. We need to put on His armor. We're going to look at this in detail in the future of the armor of God that we're to have on and we're to be using every day and And we're going to talk about, not in this order, but the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and having our loins girt about with truth. Uh, We call that the belt of truth sometimes. And the protection for our feet. Having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of of peace and the shield to to deflect all the fiery darts of the wicked. A lot of defense, a lot of protection, 
And then an offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We use this offensively. We engage with it so that we can walk in victory. We put this on and it must stay on all the time. It's so easy to get lulled to sleep, whether it be by the devil or whether it be just within our own selves, when we need the armor of God on constantly in our lives. It's mandatory. There's no free evenings and weekends. There's no sick days. There's no leave of absence. While our feet are planted on this earth, we are in a continuous battle, and it never, never stops. Maybe we think there's a subtle moment. Maybe we think there's a moment of peace. And that's the deception. It's always going on in our lives. There is no calm before the storm. It's just a constant storm of the battle that comes against us. It's always a storm. It's slick and it's unseen many times, but it's always there. And, and we need to realize how much we have to have this strength put on and used in our lives, that we would be spiritually minded. There's a saying that someone so spiritually minded, heavenly minded, that they're no earthly good. I don't think any of us have to worry about that. I think too much of the time, it's an earthly mindedness that makes us no heavenly good. And it's dangerous because of this battle that we're in. We need to put on strength and keep it on and use it. But, but notice something else in verse 11. Go with me to the middle of this verse. I found it very encouraging. It says that you may be able to stand. You know... Sometimes we think about this cruel world or, or maybe our failures and everything and, and we get down and, and we think, man, we're, we are just surviving. And sometimes we may get into that situation where we're that way, not because of God, but because of us. But God doesn't want us just surviving. God wants us to stand. He wants us to be able to enjoy the victory through the battle that we are constantly in. He wants us to experience His victory. He's given us everything that we need. And it's not just to survive, but so that we might be able to stand. There's a lot of strength in that word. There's a lot of strength that is conveyed to you and I from the Lord in the fact that we may be able to stand in this battle that we're in. God wants to show Himself off through us. You know, it never falls on God when we fall into Satan's schemes. Because God has given us everything that we need. God has equipped us for victory. So we must utilize the armor. Have it on and use it every day.
Let us close with perceiving the enemy, though. I might preach a sermon just from this one verse. So we're going to to skim through it, if you will. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I want to take this verse serious tonight. Within myself, tonight and, and every day, to know this truth, to perceive who our enemy is. You know, I forget who it was. It was somebody here. And uh, I don't know if it was football season or basketball season, but I was bragging about Baylor. And somebody said, I hate to let the air out of your tires, but blah, 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 something about a football game in the 60s. And, and someone on the other team went to catch a pass and, the, and two defenders for Baylor ran right into each other, and they fell down, and they both got hurt. We need to perceive the enemy. We're wrestling in this world. Who are we wrestling? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This word wrestle is an extremely strong word. It's not like... Maybe you parents and grandparents know about the boys of the youth who tie a sock around their ankle at camp, and they each one, and they wrestle to see who can get the other sock off. And it's supervised, and we make sure it's fun. If anybody were to get mad, it would have to stop. No one has become angry yet. It's just a lot of fun, and we call it wrestling. This word has the idea of fighting for our life. Against who? Against what? Well, the Bible says it's not against flesh and blood. We can say whatever we want about people. I wouldn't advise it because that helps to lull us to sleep, to get us off track from the real enemy the more we say about people. Say whatever you want about people. Recall the worst personal experiences with somebody you you want to. Just, Just have your way with that. Try to tell me the most convincing story you can. But people are not the enemy. And that is where you and I can so easily fail and lose the battle so much. You and I haven't experienced the exception to this rule. I don't see where there is one. There's a driving force behind people that people give themselves over to, and he is the true enemy. It's Satan. The prince of the power of the air. The God of this entire world. He's got demons everywhere. And he's battling against us. And what will we do if we miss this mark?
will aim for revenge against people. We're no better than another when we do that. I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. I belong in this. We're just as bad when we look to get revenge. If we hate, we hold grudges, we become bitter, and we dishonor our Lord. How much is His glory worth to us? How important is our testimony in Jesus Christ to this world and before others? His glory in our lives must be worth keeping grudges out of it. It's worth it to forgive. God's glory is worth it to forgive. Our testimony to be used as great as possible by God, it's worth it to forgive. People are not our enemy. Satan and his forces are. He loves He loves to place things before us to cause conflict. He works hard to try to to create and help us to think of a minimizing of sin, to try to get us off track, not to think of the consequences of sin. He wants us to doubt God. He wants us to doubt His Word. He wants us to have conflict. The conflict is is with Satan. But he wants us to have conflict with one another to the point that others run out of fellowship with God. Something happens between people and, and Satan's at the root of it. And we hurt God for it. He wants us to not use the armor of God. He so wants us to fall to His sin of pride that we can do it ourselves, that we can be the one who's wise, that look, everybody will look at you and look what you can do. You don't need that armor of God. That's what He's doing. He's deceiving. He's very deceptive. He's smarter than any human being in the flesh. He's beautiful if He were to manifest Himself. His immediate personal passion is to destroy every individual in this room. He's not everywhere at one time, but He'll put a demon on everybody just to try to destroy us. If we use the weapon of self-confidence, we're sure to lose. We will either be defeated, we'll be destroyed, or we'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand 
against the wiles of the devil. Well, I tell you what. If we were to wake up in the morning, of course with the armor on, put it on once, but if we were to wake up in the morning meditating on God's armor being upon us and us using it and being in the sword of the Spirit, oh, what a difference our day would be. We need it all the time for this battle. It's, it can be a life or death situation. Nolan Irvin, would you please close our Bible study in a word of prayer and